0: One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of the door located in Central Oregon where three completely average guys join forces to make one decent pastor and to discuss, discover and promote all things Bible.
1: Well, good morning. Good morning. Morning. How's
0: how's everyone? We're good. Exciting. Exciting times. we got, we got Terry, uh, Pastor Terry is joining us this, this on fine day because uh, we got David is in California going to Disneyland yeah. on purpose. On his
1: way there anyway.
2: Yeah. You're going to talk to him about that, right? No, we, we have, have already. Have, Disneyland. We have. Yeah.
1: All right. Brent and I share a disdain for crowds and rides and paying a lot of money to be in the middle of crowds and rides. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it sounds terrible. There's a nostalgia, I think, that <laughs> Dave,
0: David grew up in Southern California and they always went there. And usually they, they would go with the kids, but this time it's just him and Carrie going to visit her mom and and uh, going to go hang out at Disneyland for a couple of days, too. So, anyway, I hope they have a great time away. But uh, Terry was. But with w- a little bit of guilt. Yeah. A little bit of guilt. <laughs> a, little, a little shame, I think. Right. Remorse. Okay. Yeah, have, I have
1: you been to Disneyland Brent, ever? I've been both to Disneyland and Disney World. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. What about you, Terry? Been to both. Okay. I've only been to Disneyland, and like once was enough. I, I was kind of born without an adrenaline gene, so I I don't
0: uh, or, or the thing that the you know the thrill seeker thing I don't have that yeah so I don't like rides they stress me out um, and then I'm an introvert so I don't really like large amounts of people so that stresses me out so this like to me it's the it's Disney the, is not yeah. your place it's the saddest place on earth <laughs> right, yeah, right, not right. the happiest place I anymore. don't
1: mind large amounts of people but I don't like crowds that, like, I just, because of my analytical nature, I'm always like, well, why are they doing that? And why, why is that happening? And I'm like, why can't, why can't the line move faster than it is? And put you into you know, overdrive. It does. Yeah. It is. My mind just won't
2: stop racing with all these questions about why can't this be better? Hmm. Well, see, I, I, I operate at a lower level. It's kind of like, why does it cost 200 bucks to get in this place? Well, that's, and then there's that. aren't, they, why aren't right. they paying me? I mean, me? I'm stopped <laughs> right there. Yeah. If you paid me right. $200, I might go. <laughs> but
0: And the food is free. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which it's not. (laughs) No. Anyway, hopefully they have a good time away. But uh, yeah.
2: In spite of all of that. So yeah. 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 Thanks for
0: jumping into David's chair today and helping us out.
2: Well, thanks for the invite. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Of course.
0: Anything else going on that we need to talk about? You know, I saw a a cool thing on uh, my feed this morning that said, On this day in 1536, William Tyndale was burned at the stake Mm -hmm. for translating the Bible to English. And his last words were, Lord opened the King of England's eyes. Two years later, King Henry VIII ordered the Bible of Miles Coverdale, based largely on Tyndale's work, to be used in every parish. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of reminded me of the cost yeah. uh, that's been paid so that we can have Bibles, multiple Bibles, sometimes more than we'll ever even use all around us all the time. And that and we take it for granted sometimes and don't think about, you know, what, what people got, went through to get it to us and, and how precious a book it is. And so that was just kind of a cool reminder of... Um, God's preservation of his word and and men like Tyndale that lost their lives so that we could have it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Thanks
1: for sharing that.
2: Yeah. And how we're standing on the shoulders of giants like that. Yeah. Amen. And sometimes we think that we just got planted here and here we are, but there's been a, there's been a spiritual heritage that's, you know, paid a terrible price, you know, for us to have what we have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yep. I think sometimes I just I would look around at the, well, my own walk and and you know just Christianity in America and just just how anemic and and how I don't know what the word is I'm looking for but um I don't know I mean these guys were putting their necks literally on the line and and uh, you know we we don't even want to get up and go to church sometimes and it's just yeah. I don't know I
2: pastors think pastors are supposed to say that <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know I've heard of yeah people. yeah yeah I've heard <laughs> other people say right, right no it's you know
1: it's just, yeah. It's good to be reminded of things like this. Yeah. And kind of our, our heritage as Christians, you know? Yep. Yeah. All right, anything else before we dive into our topic today? We we call this one life in the slow lane. That's what you we, went with. We went with that, yeah. We were debating. <laughs> you know, sometimes the hardest thing is not coming up with what to talk about, but it's like what to call it that's mm-hmm. catchy. And right. so we went with life in the slow lane uh, it was maybe the the least of the worst options, least worst option, something like that. That's I don't uh,
0: know. when I have to do my, like preparing a sermon. I love preparing sermons, titling sermons. I can't stand. Yeah. I it's never, hard. I never feel like I get a good title. Or, yeah. And you want something that's going to kind of one capture you know the big idea of what you're preaching, and then right. two maybe grab the
1: attention of somebody that's listening to it. <laughs> I, I don't. That's not my forte. Yeah. yeah. I was having that conversation uh, with Ty the last time I preached in Lapine because he asked me what the title was, and I said that very thing. Yeah, sometimes that's the hardest part of sermon Mm -hmm. prep is like, what do we what we call this thing? Yep. Once it's done. Yeah,
0: every once in a while, I just get one that I think is fantastic, and then I I wait to see, okay, how many people are going to listen, and it
1: doesn't (laughs) doesn't seem to matter. Right. Right. I used to. uh, There came a point in uh, you know. When I was first started preaching regularly, where I realized like I, I have to wait till the sermon's done before I title it. Cause sometimes you go into it and it's, you read the text, it's like, oh, here's a cool idea for a title. But then I found myself like kind of being stuck with that title and having to prep the sermon to the right, title that I had already title. selected. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I pretty quickly learned, okay, I got it. Like that's the last thing that we do is is the title of a sermon.
2: Once yeah, it's the all title done. should be an output from the sermon, right. not an input right. into it. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I've done
0: the same thing where I'll title it okay, this is where I'm going, and then by the time I finish my sermon, That's it doesn't even make right. sense anymore. <laughs> it's like, well, right. that doesn't even tell. I've thrown that idea out completely. So Yeah. yeah you're yeah. right. Well,
2: so, all right, so my, my horror story about this is that uh, uh, back in the previous church, uh, we, we mapped out the preaching schedule like four months in advance, and the guy that did that, bless his heart, uh, love him, but he was always dinging me four months out for a sermon title. Oh, know. no. I have no idea. What? You know, and, it, it, and, and I'd have to give him something. And, I, and, and that's exactly what it was. I gave him something. You know, it was just kind of like, get off my back. Wow. I can't
0: do this. I remember, what, I think it was Brian Chappell, or I can't remember who it was. One of the guys at a conference we went to one time was saying that his church needed to know a year ahead of time his text and title. Yeah. And I thought, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do <laughs> that job, I guess. I appreciate so. a good schedule like that, but to title it that far out, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I
2: kind of wonder if it's all that big a deal why, you know, God and His Word didn't include titles in all the sections. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean that those aren't original? Yeah, yeah right. In our Bibles? The study notes, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, what does life in the slow lane mean? Yeah,
1: in, anywho, um, yeah, we, we thought we'd capitalize on uh, having uh, Terry on with us as, uh, uh, do you call yourself a retired pastor or what do you, semi-retired? Like, what do you, how do you He likes yourself? Pastor Emeritus.
0: Uh, no, I don't. Because nobody nice. know what or knows what <laughs> Fancy it means. Title. And, you know. I know he doesn't like that. Yeah, it confers
2: <laughs> something that probably does doesn't belong. And I, <laughs> I mean, it it's kind of like well, it's like English royalty. You know, it's a title. It's just kind of like, yeah, what do they do? Well, nothing yeah. really. You know. So anyway. <laughs>
0: David always thought it was Pastor America, and he thought it was pretty cool. Like, we yeah. gave him a cape and then a yeah, the shield. Right. Yeah, they went around and protected <laughs> Pastor America. But it's yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> See, that's why you don't want to get yeah, involved no. in something like that. <laughs> <Okay>. I really <laughs> don't think about it, you know. Uh, and I, I don't, I, I don't find myself describing myself that way much, you know. About like I'm a retired this or that or yeah. the other.
0: Well, for those who who uh, maybe are new to the podcast, uh, Terry used to be part of one decent pastor uh, for about three years or a little more than that. Um, he pastored alongside of us uh, with uh, David and I, and then about the t- not because you came on, <laughs> but about the time Chad came on, you were transitioning out um, of, I would say, daily pastoring or right. you know being being a, you know officially mm-hmm. recognized as an elder at the door, but. Um, but for, yeah, several years you stepped in um, and helped us, and we appreciate um, the ministry. But you stayed here with us and and continue to serve the Lord. And so that's kind of what we're talking yeah. about. You know, how does that work as far as, you know, when a pastor retires, what does that look like? And
1: Yeah, well, one of the things that I respect about you, Terry, greatly is that, um, you know, now that you're, you know, a, a former pastor, whatever we want to call it, like, like you don't come to the meetings, but you still do kind of everything else that pastors do. <laughs> Um, you know, you're just constantly involved in the lives of people and, and shepherding people. And um, it's just, it, it's an encouragement to see that, um, you know, it's an example, you know, I think for us um, to see uh, somebody like you do what you do. And so well, maybe, and, and maybe the biggest thing that changed when you quote unquote retired is that you just have less meetings to go to. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely bad. But maybe not much else changed. I don't know. Well, and I would just add that the way, cause that, that could sound like,
0: you know, somebody's still trying to in an authoritative role when they're not Hmm. and and that's not it's not that way at all which i also appreciate you know it's uh it's neat to see you just kind of doing the work that god's called you to do um but still under you know uh, not in a way that you've taken authority that's not yours just you do it in a a good way yeah and nancy too i mean not that she was a pastor but appreciate you guys and
1: and the way you serve the body of
2: christ nancy has been my pastor for years
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know what that's i know what that means yeah
1: so so thank you thank you for that um, so maybe just to get into it, uh, just r- before we get into the, like, the deep questions, like how long have you guys been at this? Brent, how long have you been pastoring? Uh, this was my first official... Um, I guess I was
0: about to be an elder at another church and then backed out of that. Um, just won't go into the details, yeah. but so pretty much when we started The Door, um, that was 11 years ago, 11 and a half years ago. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of thought it was it was kind of the Dread Pirate Roberts model of <laughs> becoming a pastor where... Uh, you know, we, we were sent out, but it, it felt like a weird title. And we just thought if people hear it enough and people call me that enough, pretty soon everybody will just kind of go along with it. It felt a little like that. <laughs> now nobody really questions it, but it, I felt, it felt pretty weird for a few the, the, years. So. The dread
1: pastor, Roberts. Yeah.
0: Anyway, 11
2: years. Nice. Short, short answer. That's awesome. Terry. So, um, I was just adding this up because I got a question from you, you know, this morning that you were going to ask me this, that, uh. I think since about 1992, um, you know, 30 years ago, uh, I have pastored uh, just a little over 20 of those years in three different churches. Okay.
0: Kind of the funny thing, too, and this will go right into what we're talking about, is when Terry came here, um, he, he saw the need that was going on as far as, you know, that we could use more more elders, more shepherds, more help. Um, but he pretty much told us, you know, I, I'm done. I'm not, I don't want to do this. And I've told Nancy, you know, when we came here, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pastor anymore. And I don't know, maybe it was a year, year and a half in or so he, he said, this might be the, I might ruin your day with this news, but um, <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about if you have a desire to, to be an elder, it's a good thing. And I want you to know that that desire is back. I, I, I love the body here and I want to, I want to shepherd again. If you can use me, I'm I'm ready to do that. So yeah. even when he thought, you know, just when you think you know, you're out, we, we pulled him back in. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of funny. And the same thing happened when they went to Arizona, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Go down there to, you know, summer and, right. and or winter in Arizona, and, and uh, pretty quickly found himself back in that role again. So,
1: yeah, well, not officially, but yeah.
0: functionally, yeah. Yeah,
1: and again, just a super encouraging and respectable thing. Like you, you can't not do this. To some extent, and that—that's you know where I thought it might be helpful to talk about on the podcast today. Um, you know, like, like being a pastor is hard sometimes. You know, sometimes it, it's great and it's glorious, and, but in other times it's just hard. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the midst of all those ups and downs, like, what, what is it that, that draws somebody into that who, like, you can't not do it? And I think, Brent, you and I would probably say the same thing, like, sure. we, can't, we can't not do what we're doing. Right. Um, because, you know, God in, in his, his infinite wisdom <laughs> has, has decided, you know, to use guys like us. You know, that, that kind of boggles the mind. But, um, you know, God has wired us for it, and so we're drawn to it, even in the, even in the hardest parts of it.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it's not a switch um, I've I've discovered it's not a switch that you can really turn off as a matter of fact there's lots of times as you know that you want to turn it off you know it's like I I, you know and you know there's times of uh, you know when you're uh, just at your kind of wits end about it the most uh, that uh, you know that um and, and you you would think that it's something that you want to retreat from and there is for a season maybe sure, but the switch still isn't isn't turned off it's just it's just you know god hardwired i think guys like you and and uh, and brent and, and david and others you know that to to want to do this because uh um because it because the desire sometimes will we'll come and go, but the proclivity and the, and, and, and actually the necessity of doing it, you just, you got to do it.
0: Sure. Well, we've shared it before, but the story of even how we came into this, it was kind of kicking and screaming to some mm-hmm. degree. It wasn't, it wasn't like I thought, you know, it, well, I would make a really good pastor. I should do this. Um, that wasn't right. it. It was more that, you know, people were moving you towards this thing and, and you, you had to almost acquiesce finally and say, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll good, do good this. Word, acquiesce. Thank you. Yeah. I like that. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah. We, we, last week's word was germane. This <laughs> yeah. week is acquiesce. So the word of the day is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but it, but it's something that I would be. I, I would feel like I was being disobedient to God if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. Um. And and again, I don't know why I've been wired this way by Him or why I've been called to this. I don't. I would not. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Other than it's clear who gets the glory. Maybe right. um, that part I get. But. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you have to do it. So yeah. you didn't say, by the way, how long you've been doing it? Yeah. Oh,
1: um, I became a youth pastor pretty much right out of high school. No, no, school. no. When did you go to f- you know first string? First string. string. <laughs> well, I I, <laughs> I considered at that time that the youth ministry was the real first string. That was a joke. Any youth pastor <laughs> I think all youth ministers
2: think it is first string. Yeah, and I'm not sure they're not right. But
1: I, I was one of these guys, so I had a an older youth pastor I knew at the time who was probably in his 60s. Was that Luke? Uh, no, it wasn't Luke. It, okay. um, Luke wasn't that old at the time. Okay. Um, but an, another guy named Andy Gilbert. And um, I think he, he youth pastored for a long time, and he just was a cool old guy. Um, you know, at the, at, I don't think it's that old anymore, but at the time mm-hmm. he was an old guy, right? And, and I just thought, I want to be like that. Like I want to be the guy that just, you know, for life is, is a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably hung in there, maybe my wife would say longer than I should have. Like I wasn't cool anymore at some point, <laughs> you know, in, in that world. But anyway, another story for another time, but, but like you, Brent, like I had somebody pushing me, a guy named Luke, who was a high school youth pastor of mine telling me like, God's called you to ministry. And I'm just like, no, nah, I got other plans. I was going to you know pursue music as a career. And for four years of high school, we argued about it. And, and one day the switch flipped and I just realized like, dang, God's called me to be a pastor. And at that point, like, I just couldn't not do it. Um, so, so actually, when did you step into it? So, uh, 1994, I became a youth pastor Okay, and have been at it ever since. And then as, a, as some a, capacity. Yeah. As
2: a, as a, what, 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 what I, I don't like senior pastor, but, <laughs> but as, as a whole church pastor, when did you step into that?
1: Yeah. Um, probably in, uh, 2005, I became an elder at the church that I was a part of. Okay. And, um, we had kind of a plurality of elders type of a model, um, and so, so I still, you know, had a, I guess, a focus area, you might say, uh, of youth ministry, but really was, you know, kind of stepped into more oversight of the whole church rather than just that area. That's cool. L- long answer to a short yeah. question.
0: Uh, actually, we are hoping to get Luke on one decent pastor. He's been traveling through, me and so if you, if we can make it work, we'd love to get. I think it would be a treat for, for yeah, people. Yeah, be, be well. Yeah. I got um, to know that guy a little bit. <clears throat> really but neat but guy. Yeah, and,
2: I'd like to. And, and just, he's got the dirt on just chat.
0: hang around. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a lot of dirt. Trust me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Um, So what what do you guys like about pastoring? Like, if you could maybe pick one or two things that just, you know, just kind of really get you going when it comes to pastoring, what would those things be?
0: I I love teaching God's Word. Um, uh, You know, there's something about, uh, you know, there's this old saying that basically either um, the Word drives you to the pulpit or the pulpit drives you to the word. And for me, the word drives me to the pulpit. When I'm in the word, I, I have to get this out of me. I have to let people know and, and I have to make sure that God's people understand what's here. Just, there's this thing in me that has to get it out. And and I think, you know, hopefully there's a, you know, that passion and intensity is something that, you know, gets other people excited too, because I'm just so excited about it. I got to tell somebody about it. And yeah. so that's probably the thing I, I love the most about it. I love God's people as well. I love I love being able to, I mean, that's the hardest part probably as well, but I I just I love connecting with the people of God and and um, you know help, trying to help them in any way I can. Yeah. So it's funny because my parent, my dad, my brother, my grandpa they were all public servants uh, as policemen, and I couldn't be a policeman to save my life. <laughs> but the idea of that whatever that is in our in our family is like yeah I, I want to help people. Yeah, um, and so that that's something I'd love to do. Yeah. What about you Terry?
2: I would say much okay. the same thing that uh, it's it's a it's a desire to see. God's work, uh, God's word, and His Spirit transform people. Uh, for many years, uh, I was saved as a kid, and for many years, I just thought, you know, that the Bible had a lot of kind of nice and lofty, kind of conceptual, ethereal things to say that you know were kind of nice to have floating around out there. And it wasn't until my um, early 20s that I really became gripped with the fact that this word changes people's lives. And so that desire uh, to to see the word at work in my life and in, in other people's lives, I want them to know about it, that it has um, that power and that it really does transform people. And uh, I love to see that it's kind of like a circle get completed when right. when when there, there's uh, not just issues, but, uh, you know, all, all of life. And then the the word of God comes in and, and people begin to understand how this really does uh, talk to their lives um, and uh, how that, uh, you know, and, and and that word doing the work of actually changing them and transforming them to be something that they entirely weren't before. And I, I that, that whole process, I get off on that. I yeah. just love that. And I see, yeah. and of course, you know, in myself and in everybody around a need for that. And so that's a... You know, that's something you keep shoveling. You're never going to get full. Right. right.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, it used to be for me uh, in the early days of, of youth <coughs> pastor, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot to say. Uh, and that was part of the struggle. And, and even part of the struggle of, you know, just the, the call to pastoral ministry is like, you know, who, who's going to let you know kind of the Moses thing, like <laughs> who's going to listen to me? Um, but now I feel like I have a lot to say, and Andy, like it's God who has a lot to say, right? Sure, sure. And, and and I get to play a role in you know helping people understand what God has to say to them. Um, it, it's a weighty privilege. Mm. Uh, it's a humbling privilege that, that we get to do that. Um, and so yeah, I, I agree with what both of you guys have said.
0: Actually, it's funny because I when you think about what people say to you after sermon, sometimes um, if it was all about us. You know, you, you know, it's great when somebody says that they really like your yeah. style, your preaching or whatever, but the, the two best compliments that I've ever heard. <laughs> One, somebody said, I worshiped God today. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. When As you were preaching the word, I worshiped yep. God. And I thought, That's like, wow. that's the best. And, and when <laughs> you realize that, that, wow, I had a part in that. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't even notice me, but they worshiped God. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then I think it was Tony Merritt one time said, are you preaching to hear what a great sermon or what a great savior? Right. And, and I, yeah. I that's one of the things I love about the preaching here at the door is that I, I feel like we're preaching so that people will, will say what a great savior. Right. And if, if you get the chance to do that, I mean, what a, I mean, it is an awesome responsibility, yeah. but what a
1: privilege for that to be able to be what we do, right. you know, all week long. I, I think of some, some of my favorite preachers, you know, that I might listen to on podcast or whatever, uh, and the ones that I, tend to like the most are the ones that you come away thinking exactly that thing, that thing is, you know, what a great Savior yep. that we have. Mm-hmm. Not that that person's a great communicator or right. they were really funny or they held my attention. I mean, those things are all, you know, well and good. Yeah. But, but when you walk away thinking God is great, not necessarily the preacher, like that's the that's what I'm drawn to yeah. and, and what I endeavor to emulate. That's what keeps us going, yeah. I, I think. For yeah. me, it does. Yeah.
2: I had a lady not too long ago uh, come up to me after a sermon and, and basically— repeat back to me what I had said. Yeah. (laughs) And it's kind of like, you know, I don't know if anybody else in here got this, but she did, you know, and she's, she is processing that word. And yeah. it's kind of like, okay, you know, job job accomplished, yep. right? Yeah. It seems like more
0: often than not, I have people come up to me and tell me what they got out of my sermon, and it's not anything oh, to oh, do no, with it. I know, what <laughs> I, that, I that didn't say that at all. all. Time, too. <laughs> I get that more. That, that happens <laughs> like, all the I time, Did I even say too. that? I had,
2: I had a friend that, uh, well, actually it was my son, was preaching, um, and uh, he used it as an illustration in this sermon. It was a really good sermon, a, a, you know, an impactful sermon. And he uses an illustration about bowling score, and he mentioned he didn't know how to keep, score and this uh this lady dear lady in the church spiritual lady you know that we've known for years and years came up to him and after you know to to comment about the sermon she says you really don't know how to keep score for bowling <laughs> 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 that's become kind of a family joke that's so funny if they're asking you about the bowling score you, right you know, <laughs> something something fell short <laughs> that's
1: good what, what what do you find to be difficult the most difficult aspect of pastoring
2: well um, it could sound a trite or self facing but it really is true the biggest obstacle to my ministry is me I mean that um, because my you know is 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 you know is, is, is working out the grace of God in my own life so that I have anything to give to anybody else yeah. Not having, you know, or or having too high of expectations for everybody else and too low of expectations for (laughs) myself, and uh, and 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 kind of camping out sometimes on the weaknesses I see in other people because they reflect mine, Mm -hmm. and so, um, um, yeah, I mean, the guy, the 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 for me, and, and I really don't mean it to sound trite because it is true that the biggest uh, obstacle I ever have in ministry is the guy that I shave every morning. Yeah. You guys don't shave every morning, so you don't know no, that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <tracking> I'm with you. <laughs> I haven't shaved for, I don't know, a long,
1: a long time. <laughs> legs, no, let's leg, legs count, Chad. Oh, well, we're good then. <laughs> Sorry. The <back's laughs> so, says anyway. the guy <laughs> that wears Crocs. Oh,
0: man, that's a low blow. <laughs> I, I agree with what you're saying, Terry. I think that... Um, when I find that I'm discouraged, depressed, um, just focusing on my unworthiness, because I think we all we all realize how short we fall. You know, why why right. why has God called us to this? I'm I'm unworthy for this, and so it, it can be a very depressing and discouraging time, especially because sheep are difficult, and and sometimes you don't feel like you have. I feel so inadequate. I guess is what I would say to to really do this well, and yet I know God's word is adequate, and His His you know if He's called us to this, His power is adequate. But yeah. there's always that deficiency we, we we know is glaring there, you know, in, in ourselves that makes it hard. But it's right. that
2: same thing, right, that keeps you going back to the well. And that's really all you have yeah. is to take people to the well and yeah. to point them to the well and show them to the well and talk about the well and everything else, you know, God's grace and mercy. And so... I guess that that uh, that difficulty that we have with ourselves is kind of a built-in good thing. Yeah, it is, and yeah. that's
0: why multiple pastors is also a good thing. Why we, you know why we believe in in co-equal mm-hmm. partners in this, so that we're not doing it on it. Because to put all this on the shoulders of one person is is a foolish idea in my opinion. And it is. So
1: spreading the load across mm-hmm. multiple people is it's doable yeah. at that point. Well, and we have moments where we you know. Two of us are talking, to one of us off the ledge, and it kind of changes who's on the ledge, you know, from time to time, week to week, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of a thing. So, that, so it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, uh. I, I couldn't help but think of when you asked the question, Second Corinthians eleven where Paul says, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me, mm-hmm. uh, my anxiety for all the churches. And I, I think that's yeah. one of the things, you know, we saw that. Anxiety,
2: in you can relate to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, but I, you know, this is
0: even part of the reason why yeah. when, when when the time came for, for you to, um, you know, kind of change roles as far as um, it, it's something that you can't to have that on your plate all the time, all this stuff it begins to take a toll and, and it is, you know, the burnout is real and this, there is an anxiety that, that yeah. comes along with this that, that can be too much sometimes. And so that's why pastors take sabbaticals. That's why, mm. you know, maybe being a daily pastor, you know, at some point has to change. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the other hard part of this yeah. is well, it's cheaper, that, cheaper, hard. You know, that, that
1: passage that you mentioned, I, I think it's that passage before that where Paul's talking about, you know, being beaten and shipwrecked right. and going days without food and yeah. just like, like life sucks. And then I'll and to make it worse, like this anxiety of the church like the worst of it all. Got to deal with right? you people, right? <laughs> I mean that that's a that's a big statement. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you guys. And there's just you know there's weeks that you step up into the pulpit where you know you're about to preach something that that maybe you haven't fully worked out in your own life yet, and, and that you know probably happens more often than not. And you have to be the one to stand up in front of people mm-hmm. and you know, give them God's word that says, you know, li- live this way and do these things and, and, and trust Christ and all of it, knowing, you know, that, that like I struggle with what I'm telling you to do, right? That, that's just part of the kind of the weightiness of it, the, the right. un- unworthy feelings of it from time to time, um, you know, and whatnot. And, and just, you know, I think the other difficulty for me is just, you know, just carrying the weight of just things, you know, that are going on in people's lives. And, um, you know, it's just mm-hmm. a weighty thing. And and, and a privilege, you know, I don't want to say that it's this burdensome thing that, you know, gosh, we have to do this. But, like, it's just part of the privilege of being a pastor. But you do take those things to bed at night, right, as Mm -hmm. as you know the difficulties that that people are going through in their life. and
0: No, the 24-7 nature of this, uh, you know, it's not like any other job. Most jobs, I mean, you can take your work home with you. I realize that's that's possible. But most jobs, you know, you you do what you do, and then you're, you know, then you're on your time. And pastoring is not like, you don't, there's no, there's not really the your time part. Right. Isn't really you, you a thing. You can't turn off the clock in that way. No. And you don't really want to. I mean, yeah. it's not even like you could, if you could, you would. You just, you you, yeah. you can't. It's part of what it is. So.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and there are the times when, you know, you get the middle of the night phone calls or whatever, and you have to deal with something. And, and even in the moment, it's like, just what, you know, you saw this feeling like what a privilege it is to do that. But at the same time, like it just, it takes something out of you to do that. And, um, but you know, it's. We trust that God has wired us, you know, equipped us for the things that he's called us to do, right? Yep. Um, yeah, so, so anyway, there, there's ups and downs. You know, there's, there's kind of high points of being a pastor. There's, you know, not so high points about being a pastor. Those things kind of wear on you over time. Uh, and maybe kind of the more that we've been at it, you know, we have experience that maybe helps us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of times, more so early on, but but even still today, where, like, you're just dealing with something that you know is above your pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we just have to trust God in, in those things. that, Like, I, I don't, I got nothing for this. And mm-hmm. so to your point, Terry, like it drives us back to the well, mm-hmm. um, you know, of trusting God. But time and time again, God meets us in those things and helps us to deal with things that we know that we're not equipped to yeah. deal with. Um, and that's overall an encouraging thing. Yeah.
2: Well, and that's what you're really trying to communicate to people is that, uh, is that because they're confronted with life that they're not. Right. Able to do, and uh, that that God is able to, to get you get you through that, and to actually work in your life and transform you in the process. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, hard thing, but good thing. Yeah.
1: So 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 given that that we're kind of wired for this, and that, that God has called us to it, um, and this is where you know Terry, I think you're going to have some great wisdom just as as you know life progresses. Um, you no know, what, pressure. What what does what, what does it look like as, as life progresses? Because you you've got a few years on on me and Brent. Um, you know what does it look like as life progresses and you know priorities change, uh, energy level changes, uh, the reality of aging you know can set in and um, you know you, you just can't do all the things that you used to be able to do. What does that look like for a pastor um, to to come to grips with just the, the that kind of that season of life, if that makes sense?
2: Yeah, well, I really don't have a lot to say about that um, because I, I think that when you are in the pastorate, right, there's a, a level, there's a protocol, there's a, 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 an expectation of this thing and that thing and the other thing. And when those go away, if, if those are the things that have defined you, um, uh, and, and it's hard for it not to, right, because you're expected to preach right. and teach and, you know, kind of whatever. Um and those are expectations. They're legitimate expectations. But if that's what it is, I mean, if that's all, uh, when those things are gone, I mean, it's a really, it's, it's hard to have your feet planted on anything. But, um, and, 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 and the other thing is, is that um, there's a, a, a danger there, I'm finding, uh, of uh, thinking that, that it's those things that you did that mattered, and mm-hmm. if you can't do those things, then what you're doing is not going to matter.
1: Got it. And so
2: uh, I think you have to, um, you know, shift gears and realize that that's not on your table right now. And but uh, that frees you up to um, do a lot of things that just kind of come your way, you know, and and you don't have the uh, you don't have the expectation of all of these things and the meetings and the. You know, and the things which are all you know necessary and and part, but uh, but I think it, it, it there's just a, a freedom. For instance, I found out that when you know when I was uh, when I was pastoring, there was these people that I really wanted to get to know. I just wanted to have them over, no no agenda or anything. Just get to know them, know their stories a little bit, and find out about them. You know, and uh, and I go yeah, and and that list was about that long. <laughs> And I, I just never got to it. And um, I found out that in, you know, uh, retiring from the um, the pastorate, that uh, I had time to do that. And and, and it was kind of like, well, you know, I'd like to meet with you. You know, when uh, uh, when are you available? I'm I'm, I'm pretty much, I, you know, I've I've got a pretty big plate now, yeah. so. Uh, whenever works for you and that accessibility and just being able to just kind of the things that just kind of come around and and throw your you know put yourself into that um there was a real freedom with that Uh, but but again you have to realize that that matters in a different way but it still matters right you know and so so
1: so you've chosen not to fill your time with the golf course right you could you could be out playing golf every not there's any wrong with playing golf but like you could use your time in a different way than you are using your time and you're using your time now that you have more of it to continue to shepherd and invest in people
2: yeah um i mean that's that's the that's the objective yeah. um uh, but but you, you but but i think what happens and i, I know more than a few ta- pastors that have retired. is the the struggle with just not, because I'm not doing this anymore, because I'm not, sorry, the man, you know, in the pulpit and all that kind of stuff, that, uh, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. And I need to try to gravitate back to or hold on to what's not there anymore, which is not only frustrating, but it also keeps you from doing what you can do.
0: Right. I think it's that's true of anybody, regardless of whether you're a pastor or not. Idleness, purposelessness. You know, th- th- those are dangerous things um, right. for people to. If you have nothing to do and no purpose and no no mission of any kind, yeah, it's, not it's like just good for anybody. Yeah, it's like the devil's playground. It yeah. really is just bad. So if you find, you know, yeah, the roles change, but it's been neat to watch just the way you, you know you have transitioned. Um, you still pastor. Um, you don't have the official title, but I, right. I watch. You know, even on Sunday mornings, I see the connections you're making. I, I I know the people you're meeting with, and and whether you're here or in Arizona, it's who God's made you to be. And and I do believe that the, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. And so, you know, a pastor can be disqualified. There's, there's things that can take you out of ministry, but in general, if this is how God's made you and wired you and gifted you for the church, you continue to walk in those things yeah. with purpose until the day you go home. And that's
1: the way it ought to be. Right. What about for, for you, Brandon? Obviously you and I aren't retired yet and we're, you know, probably far, far from it. <laughs> um, you might be a little closer than I am cause you're way older than me, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, like, like you've been dealing with a back issue this week, and that kind of comes and goes with you, and, and that that probably to some extent affects your ability um, to pastor when, when you're down. Yeah. And def- so just a reality of age in your your life, right, that you deal with. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have mm-hmm. these back issues when you were 20, I'm assuming, right? I did, actually. It, oh, <laughs> okay, <all> there. <right. laughs> yeah, I've had them for a long time, but they—yeah, it's been bad this week. Yeah, um, yeah
0: it, it distracts you from, you know, it's, again— I don't know. There's always things that come up and distract you, whether it's, you know, personal issues that come up in your family or uh, health issues, you know, COVID was that one waylaid all of us, you know, so it's just a matter of, um, you know, being flexible, being adjustable. It is. It's not like any other job there is in the world. You know, there really is. Unique in that regard. So, yeah. uh, there are times when we're so busy as pastors, we don't know what to do. Which way's up? There's times when it's so you know you'll come around a holiday time where there's just nothing to do. Yeah, I mean, there's always something to do, but right. I mean, you know, compared to other times, there's no nobody to meet with. There's nothing really going on, and it feels weird. Yeah, when COVID happened, it was one of the weirdest times I can remember. Is there was what are we supposed to do? Right, can't meet with anybody. You can't even be you know you have to stay anyway. I'm glad that's over with. Yeah, but it, it's it it's never the same. It always flexes and changes, and I've just kind of gotten used to that. That's the dynamic of what it is. So, sure. so yeah. If I'm sick or my back's out, or you know, I'm in Disneyland or whatever, <laughs> it's not like you're <laughs> off the clock. You're just you know, in a different circumstance. Sure, and it always God always brings something your way. It seems like it's just the way it works.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the way God works. Yeah. What, what would you guys say to uh, pastors out there, and we'll, in a minute we'll, we'll shift into uh, not talking about pastors, but talking about just Christians in, in general, but what would you say to pastors who um, maybe have been at it for a while, at one point in their life, recognize God's call on them into ministry, um, but are just tired now, R- regardless of why, you know, they're tired, but they're just, they're just kind of tired and questioning if, um, you know, God would have them continue on as a pastor. What would you say to those guys?
2: I feel you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I for me, I, I you know, I think the answer is something we we maybe stumbled upon, however you want. It, but but multiple pastors, co-equal pastors, having a team makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. I don't know why more people. Well, I do know why more people don't, don't do it. <laughs> part of it's a type A personality. Part of it, there's not enough money. Part of you know, there's yeah. there's reasons. But apart from that, I would be f- so fatigued and worn out. I wouldn't want to do this. So yeah. so having having you and David as my um, brothers in arms makes all the difference in the world to me. So for me, that's a simple answer. Yes, absolutely.
2: And there is a a whole lot of practical reasons for that uh, that Brent's talking about. But I want to make the point that that's not why you do that here. The reason you do that here is because that's what you believe the Bible teaches. Agreed, about yeah. Pastor, yeah. eldership. Yeah, a lot of and the
0: benefits we just discovered along the way. <laughs> we yeah, did, yeah, we right, did it because right. of a biblical conviction. Yeah, yeah. but, but, yeah, but and, and,
2: and there is that. But the reason is because because I've had people ask that, well, does that really work well? go. Cool. Yeah, well, sometimes there are a lot of benefits to it. But the reason that we do it is because that's what we believe the Bible teaches about it.
0: Yeah, it's funny because yeah. we, you've been doing, you're, you've been pastoring longer than I, I realized when you, if you count in the, and I think you should yeah. count in the youth pastor yeah. years, but um, most pastors take a sabbatical, I think after seven years, it's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, we, we're going on 11, David and I, and you're longer than that. And yeah. I've never had a sabbatical and I've yeah, never, even, never really thought about it. We won't let David take one because we're afraid he won't, he <laughs> he won't, won't come, come back. back. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty much told us. I don't know if I So he can't have one, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's never because we have each other. And, you know, there are times when one of us, if we're dealing with something, the other two can just start to do the work and, yeah. and give that guy the break he needs. And so it's very organic the way it's worked out
1: and yeah. um, helpful. Kind of,
2: kind of like God planned it that way. Yes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about that?
1: Yeah. Um, let's shift now and talk because we got uh, a little bit of time left just, um, not on pastors, but just to Christians who might be in their kind of slowing down years and their, you know, their golden years or retirement years or whatever you want to call them. You can dress it up anyway you (laughs) want to. It's getting old. (laughs) Christians who have a lot of time on their hands, right? Um, You know, we have a a, a fair population in in our church of of retirees and, um, you know, a bunch of wonderful people who, um, you know, by and large, I think, use their time, um, you know, for the benefit of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, But but what would you say to Christians as, as they're either in their retirement years or approaching their retirement years, what, what does their faith look like, or what should it or could it look like uh, as they transition into having more time on their hands, like you talked about earlier?
2: Me? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think there's uh, just one concept that I've tried, uh, that I try with varying degrees of success or failure, but that is to, is there's something to, I think, avoid uh, when we get to this age, and when you know a lot of us have been Christians for a long time, and uh, we see things a certain way, and that's okay, um, and we we have uh, the our, our kind of our preferences dialed in, and this is how church is supposed to be, and this is how it's supposed to look, and this is how we're supposed to do things, and then um, and then, uh, but but it's hard not to superimpose that on. Mm-hmm. The people that are still in with their oars in the water, you know, that are still that, that are that are going. And so instead of uh, becoming brittle and, uh, you know, saying I like things this way or I like things that way um, is, is to is to embrace uh, uh, younger people, the people that are in ministry. And, and instead of trying to bend them back into what you think it should be, is trying to figure out where they're going and try to help them, you know, mm-hmm. do what they're doing the way they want to do it. And sometimes that's uncomfortable, uh, but I think it's very healthy. I mean, as long as the, um, uh, you know, as long as the preaching and teaching and the, uh, the ministry is orthodox, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it that adapt, I shouldn't say adapt, that to, minister to culture, uh, that are outside my box because I've been doing it this way for right. you know that long and that can be a uh, that can be a boat anchor you know so uh, I I think one of the things to to keep your eye on is your your uh, your openness and your willingness to help them do it their way mm-hmm. instead of trying to make it like your way right does that make and, sense? And,
1: yeah, it does. It does. It, like I'm thinking when you're talking, um, you know, Titus talks about, you know, that like it's the job of the older people in the church to invest in the younger people mm-hmm. in the church. Like mm-hmm. this is God's design uh, for the church to be that way. And I think so many times in churches we see kind of, you know, age groups or affinity groups kind of hunker down together, mm-hmm. right? And we have kind of this, you know, age or affinity segregated ministries. Nobody would probably call them that, but you know, the old people have their thing, the young people have their thing, the, the moms have their thing, the, you know, the men have their thing. Um, And we miss out, I think, on a lot of what you're talking about when we do it that way. And not to say that it's bad that we have, you know, an age-specific or affinity-specific things, but but when it creates a a separation between those groups, we miss out on the biblical command.
0: I think there's also a a real problem that we have in, in just our western way of thinking about what we do with old people um you know there's not really an honor culture for older people yeah. that they, they become just a you know they're just taking up space they're not really useful anymore and i think people have bought into this idea and biblically speaking that's just not true at all. Right. And, and you just brought that up with the titus passage but um you know moses was 80 when he started his ministry and of course there you can there's some age Things that were a little different there, but um, you know, people have now walked with the Lord. They've been there and done that with their with their marriages, with their kids, with their you know their jobs. They've got this wisdom, hopefully maturity. They they got more mileage and years on the, yeah. on the rest of us. And then we're we're saying you guys just stay over there and shut up. That's ridiculous. Right. I mean, that that makes no sense at all that we would do that. And so, um, changing that culture to where we honor the older among us and and value them and actually give them. You know, again, maybe not the the preference thing like you talked about. We all have our preferences and, and all that, and you know, be be aware of that. You know, try to try to accommodate that as sure. we can. But for them to understand, it's not about them. It's it's about them pouring in to the to the next generation. Because yeah. I think when you stop and think about when you're when you're about to you know cross the finish line, what are you going to care about? Mm-hmm. What's going to matter at that point? Right. And the legacy you've left behind, the people you know. it's like. Uh, Paul Brown talked about this on Sunday, you know, second Timothy two, two, and what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust of faithful men who will be able to teach others. Also, this is what we're all about right now. And, and if we're not doing that, what are we doing? Right. You know, and again, that the whole American dream idea going to the John Piper don't waste your life. Seashells thing is, is we, we work to get to this point where we, we don't have to do anything anymore. We can just enjoy our, our, our golden years or, you know, or whatever you call that era. Uh, and again, we, this is a chance where you have now to really focus in and and start to serve the Lord in a way that you probably couldn't before because right. your job and your family and stuff mm-hmm. tied you up too much now you're free to really invest yeah and and that should be the mindset
1: we have yeah absolutely so so how do you, how do you mix that you know like let's say someone is you know endeavors to have kind of a, a proper mindset as we might call it. Um, like I think of just some people I know in our fellowship who have family that live out of the area, and so maybe they travel frequently to, to go see grandkids and like good things that like grandparents should be doing those things. That's part of their legacy or, too. It is, it is. So, so how, do, how do you mix all of that together with having kind of a, maybe a, vi- a vibrant ministry inside of the church and in older people investing in younger people, but also just the demands of life that would cause you to travel a lot to go see other family members, something like how, how does all that work together? in the life of the Christian that has a lot of time on their
0: hands. I mean, so much of it has to be the understanding, you know, we, the, the church has that old 80, 20 rule where 80% of the people mm-hmm. or no, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And we've seen that. That's called know, the here.
1: Pareto principle. FYI. <laughs> what is it? The Pareto principle. Some guy named Pareto. Oh, that so right. was his last name. Thought it was an so, Italian parade. The was Pareto. Like, Pareto anyway. or Pareto, depending on how you
0: pronounce. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've <laughs> seen that at the workdays we have here at the church. You know, you have a workday, and, and, you know, all the geriatric guys show up with bad backs. I guess I'm <laughs> including myself in that now. But, um, you, don't, you know, you don't see the younger people showing up. It's just um, if more people just did the work, uh, you know, everybody got involved a little bit. Um, because when you get older, you are going to have to slow down. You know, you still have work yeah. to do but it's going to change. The role is going to change. What you're able to do is going to change. And so if we spread that load out among more people and there were more people, you know, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't be an issue, but um, I don't know. That was the first thing that popped in. Yeah. My
1: head. And, and like for you, Terry, like you guys are kind of now splitting time between here and, and yeah. somewhere else. And right. so um, it's not that you're taking like trips every weekend necessarily, but you know, you're a period, you know, here and a period somewhere else. What, what does that look like in your life?
2: Well, st- I was still working that out. Yeah. Um, that was a, that was a struggle because Nancy and I, have been you know one church one place kind of all in for that was our we didn't know anything but that yeah and so uh, when I say we're still working it out we we really are um, I, I I I think though back to uh, Brent's point that there's an expectation that um, well yeah uh, an expectation or yeah th- that when you when you're older. That you are not productive, that, 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 that it's okay to not be productive, to, that it's, you know, the expectations are less mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of thing. But I, I think about, uh, can I read two verses in Psalm 92 that are, are kind of, yeah, we're kind of camping out on. It talks about the, the, the righteous man of God will flourish like a palm tree. And it says, they will still yield fruit in their old age. So there is fruitfulness they will be full of sap and very green and not brittle and mm-hmm. not, you know, crusty and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to be, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, to declare that the Lord is upright and he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And so that's a pretty simple declaration that just says, you know, my declaration is that I've walked with God. He's upright. There's no unrighteousness in him. I've got all these years to show that, that he's faithful. And if you're not, Doing anything but letting that radiate through your life, that's good, you know. And um, but 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 there isn't, you know. We, we have to fight against that expectation that um, we're going from times when we're productive and younger and all of that time to apply time of idleness and self-entertainment and self-absorption, um, where we're, we we uh, there is more time. You have to slow down and things like that. But there's still fruit to yield. Yeah. And, part of that just comes from being green you know and then in the nursery business when you have uh, uh, a hard freeze or something like that especially with uh, fruit trees in the valley uh, you don't really know uh, what the damage is because they're dormant Uh, but you can go along and just take a little knife and scratch back on the on the bark a little bit and if it's brown underneath it's dead and if it's green underneath it might not have anything on it but it's going to so Um, I just take a lot, maybe it's my nursery background or whatever from that, 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 that's kind of my, that's become kind of my life verse now.
0: It's such a cool thing when you see uh, older Christians um, grow, you know, just more and more gracious, more loving, more, um, just more faithful. In the church, and, and and the impact that they can have on the younger generation is it's it's invaluable. You mm-hmm. can't really put a price on it, and so there, it's like it's like having extra grandparents in your life. Right. You just can't have enough of them, especially when they're not the old crusty, you know, <laughs> get off my lawn kind of <laughs> right, kind of Christians. Right, right. And, and so I, you know, what a gift to the church. And I do really think the church is often often closer as family than, than sometimes real family members are sure. so so when you get that kind of interact especially when you don't segregate everybody out like you were talking about before yep. but we're all kind of together in the same mix it's a beautiful thing it is
1: and I think we're fortunate in, in our context to have you know some, some cool green older people who you know use their time the uh, you know, does, to the benefit yep. of the church yeah. and to the glory of God and to invest in others yep. um, but, but I guess I, I if I could leave an encouragement for, for any of our older folks that might be listening is like do more of that <laughs> do as much of that as as you can because it's God's design um, you know for a flourishing church I think um, is that the older people would invest into the younger people as you have time to do
0: it yeah. Well, I, I was thinking, you know, we're all replaceable. I think we, we tend to think we're not sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, our ego gets the better of us, but every one of us is replaceable. That's something we have to learn. And then we also have to be mindful that we need to be training up our replacement. Right. Um, so so getting both of those things in order <laughs> is smart. We you know, Every one of us right now, if we're involved in the ministry, should be actively re- tra- training our replacement right now. Um, and then the same, you know, repeat that process, because otherwise you're going to have a giant gap in the church. And we've got people that are doing amazing things in our church, that need to be thinking about that because, you know, some of them don't know they're old. That's the problem. (laughs) We've got a lot of people right now that are doing stuff that, you know, they, they don't know they're old Um, and that's okay. But, but you know, think about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, any, any final thoughts or encouragement to uh, Christians with uh, Christians in the slower lane in life right now (laughs) (laughs) that we haven't already covered?
0: I would just encourage, you know, that, that, that Piper sermon, if you've ever watched it, just look up Piper and seashells and, um, it's a 38-minute sermon uh, about not wasting your life and, and, and really just reorienting your mind around kind of God's idea for your life and not, not our American dream idea for our life. Yeah. And and it's really impactful. It, it The first time I heard it impacted me, and it, I, I watched it again the other day just because I was thinking about this, and it impacted me again. It's very, you know, you've got one life. You're going to stand before your Creator one day, and He's going to say, what'd you do with the time I gave you?
2: Not what was your handicap? Yeah, right? not, not <laughs> yeah, you know, let me see
0: your, your fantastic seashell collection. Like, look what I, look, look, Lord, look what I collected. Well, and yeah. so, you know, what we, what we do matters. Let's make yeah. the most of the time and, and you matter. You know, you have a way to, I, you know, I guess I would just stress that even if society's told you you're washed up and you're not useful or whatever, God, God will use you, can use you, wants to use you, and you benefit the church. Um, so,
2: yeah. yeah. There's that uh, inter- intergenerational dimension that I think because of the tiering and the layering and the ministry to, you know, this group and that group and, and all their particular sweet spots. And, and there's some of that that's, that's okay. But there's also, um, a, uh, uh, a, a generational transfer, right? Um, one generation shall declare your praises to the next, right? In Psalms that, um, that there is a there is a really vital transfer of not just top down from well I say older to younger but also younger to older you know so that we don't become crusty and dry right. and and all of that and we need that and uh, so um, as as older people um, you know the um, the. Just your your faithfulness and, 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 and continued ministry, even if it's at a lower, you know, not as much tonnage as there was before, it's still valuable and still something that God really uses for a very important dynamic in the church of intergenerational, mm-hmm. you know, mi- ministry right. and, yeah, and life. Yeah.
0: That's what I was thinking is, you know, the idea that younger people take advantage of the older people in the church, you know. Absolutely. You, latch onto them, uh, learn from them, jump in their back pocket and uh, take advantage of the people that you have that have all these years ahead of you. Don't isolate from them. Don't, don't write them off as fuddy duddies or whatever. You can be discipled. I mean, that would be such so cool to, again, I want to program out, you know, make it a program, but if you could team up older people with younger people, whether it's women, men, whatever, I mean, same sex team ups. It's <laughs> we know. What uh, yes, <laughs> uh, but but to have that kind of a uh, you know everybody had like a mentor and a, a you know because it, it it just feeds the older people benefit from the the, the vigor and the strength yep. and the, you know the enthusiasm of the young it's it's infectious to them it gives them vigor and purpose. And then we would benefit. It's just the way it ought to be. So I wish we did more of that. Yeah.
2: So you, so pastors need to institute a new program here. It's take it's take an old person to lunch. Yeah. Week. Yeah. Adopt a, adopt a grandma program. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> right. It's a good idea. Yeah. I've been the recipient of of lots of you know older people investing in me over the years, but there's a couple of instances that stand out. Oh, you're welcome, Chad. Um, yeah. Thank you, Brent. I, I appreciate it very much. <laughs> Um, When I was a senior in high school, um, the church I was a part of put all the seniors' names in the bulletin one Sunday and encouraged the church to, you know, cut out somebody's name and put it on your refrigerator and just, you know, pray for them. And I remember an older couple that I didn't even know all that well at the time, Bob and Charlotte, uh, approached me on a Sunday and said, hey, we just want you to know that we put your name on our refrigerator and we we pray for you regularly. Hmm. Uh, And then once in a while, they would call me and say, can we take you out to lunch? And, you know, they just would ask about my life and what was going on. And like, that was just super meaningful that an older couple would take the time to do that. That um, was, you know, my kind of late teen years. And then in my 30s, I had another uh, guy that stands out, a guy named Don, who was just a neat guy, had a career working for NASA, you know, when he was younger. And he just loved to tell his stories about, you know, working on Apollo 11 and those kinds of things. Uh, and he would call me once in a while and say, can you come out to my house for coffee? And he lived about 20 miles out of town, so it was a little bit of a trek to get out to his place. But he would regularly initiate, and, you know, we wasn't for any any purpose of, you know, we didn't study the Bible together necessarily. It was just to, to be involved in one another's lives, and he would share his stories, and I would ask him questions, uh, but he was intentional about, you know, investing in me, and and those are just a couple of instances of many that stand out of just older folks being intentional that I really appreciated, um, and still to this day uh, appreciate that they took the time to do that.
2: And just this last week, I was talking to my son who's 47, and um Uh, he's mentioned this, I don't know how many times during the year, but when he was in high school, back when he was 17, 18 years old, one of our, he he still talks about one of our elder elders um, would, you know, just talk to him and ask him how he's doing. And he said, you know, the funny thing was when he asked me about that, he'd actually stand there and listen, right. And then ask me questions, but he was interested in me. And how many are you? What's 47, 18? Do the math. 29? Uh, anyway, uh, years later, it still impacts him yeah. that this guy took an interest in him. He, he cared. Yeah. It's know?
0: funny because we will convince ourselves that the younger generation wants nothing to do with us, and the younger generation will say, the older people don't want anything to do with me, can't relate. And, they'll, and, we'll, and I think that's a ploy of the enemy to keep us apart. Yeah. yeah it would just don't, don't buy that lie. It's, mm-hmm. It will be a blessing if you spend that time. Yep. You know, so I would say, yeah, seek it out and invest in
1: it. Yeah, yeah, both the older and the younger, yes. everybody. Amen. Well, good. Well, that gets us to our time. Glenn chimed in and says he's free for lunch. So, <laughs> All right, Glenn. <laughs> All
0: right, if there's any younger people out there uh, that want to you know, take us up on this offer, get hold of Glenn. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> we should throw his phone number and email address in the chat or something. <laughs> that was my way
0: of saying Glenn's old yeah. <laughs> in case you didn't get that.
1: Love you, Glenn. Yeah. Well, with that... <laughs> Uh, thanks Terry for sitting in today and us glean from and being some of your, a designated your old person. Yeah, yeah okay, that's all you right. get
2: to tie a bow on it, right?
1: Yeah, go for it. You pray, pray, us out.
2: Okay, <laughs> Father, we uh, do thank you uh, that uh, you um, are a lifetime God. That uh, you have plans for us, Lord. You have uh, the life that you want to express through us when we're young, Lord. When we're uh, middle aged, and and even in older age. Uh, that you, uh, Lord, have uh, work for us to do. You have blessings, Lord, that you want to impart through us and to bring to us. And um, Lord, we just thank you that you have such a marvelous plan for all this. And, and I just pray, Father, for encouragement for older people that, that uh, sometimes we uh, think and convince ourselves that uh, we just kind of um, run out of gas and been put off to the side. But uh, uh, that's not true uh, because of who you are. So we uh, ask, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to recognize one another, Lord, to realize the value that we have to one another, and um, Lord, to be, continue to be, uh, Lord, um, full of green sap mm-hmm. and fruitful uh, in our older age. And we thank you, Father, for all the encouragement. Thank you, Lord, for all the people at Westside, uh, or Westside, at, uh, at the door that continue to uh, to exhibit this, this uh, this life of God flowing through them. What a blessing. We uh, commit this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you have questions for us, we'd love to get, uh, it's always nice when we get them, so keep them coming. Yeah.
1: There's a lot that come in, but we'll, we'll read them all. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's not, but yeah. we would like if they did. So right. Anyway.
1: <laughs> See ya.